0: Hello and welcome into the Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby once again. Thanks so much for listening. It's Wednesday, October 26, 2022. Let's talk some Clemson football. Guys, what what a big time win over the weekend. The Tigers won 27-21 over Syracuse in Death Valley at noon. They improved to 8-0 on the season, 6-0 in conference. And so there's a lot to talk about with this game. Um, If you already have started to listen a little bit in the week, and I know there's a lot of talk over the weekend about the win, Uh, the Tigers did what they needed to do. Not many teams can spot an opposition for turnovers and still win the game. You know, lose a turnover margin by three. Have your starting quarterback throw no touchdowns, two interceptions, get benched down 21 to 10 at halftime. I mean, lot of resiliency from this team. And I think that's what makes it so interesting is there's a Clemson perspective, there's an ACC perspective, or like with Syracuse, and then there's a national perspective. From the Clemson perspective, there's some things that the Tigers did really well. And there's still things that we're, we're wanting to see I'm wanting to see them just finish or just show a complete game. Uh, we've seen bits and, sp- and spurts of of first half, you know, three quarters in this game, you know, coming back at a strong second half, but we haven't seen all the way of a start to finish dominant performance. And this is one of those games where it had this like weird kind of feel to it where in the past um, other teams might have lost this game, but I really think this felt like a program kind of a win in the sense of what the culture that Dabo and the staff have really built over the years. Because I mean, you're about to go up, you know, 14 to seven, you're on, you know, on the goal line, your quarterback fumbles the ball in kind of a fluky little play, you know, that kind of stuff happens from time to time. But, you know, and then they scoop and score, so it's a 14-point swing. You're down trying to come back. And DJ just felt like he was just a little bit off. And, you know, that happens to everybody. But you know, when you're on a national broadcast at noon and just always DJ just always already has a super high um just level of scrutiny that he has from people just because of the position he plays and just the struggles the offense had last year and, and just people are kind of waiting to see if this is when Dabo's, you know, teams like start to fall off a little bit. Um And so he just had an off day. I mean, it's, it's kind of no way, other way to put it. And especially with the turnovers, it, it felt like he was starting to press a little bit. Um I think that turnover was big. However, um, I've also seen You know, like in the West Virginia game, you know, years ago, or just other times where we've had those returns for touchdowns that you feel like, well, the game's over, you know, not coming back from this one. This one felt like, okay, like if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, like if the Tigers don't shoot themselves in the foot too, too much, they'll give themselves a chance. And you just, you didn't know how many chances you were going to get. It wasn't that they were capable. Like the Clemson felt like the better team. However, Syracuse is a good group and I think that's some of the some of the frustration in this is that you've got Syracuse, you know, the, who you know, a couple years ago, you know, they only won one game and to come back and start 6 and 0. Now 6 and 0 is still super hard to do. I think the big question for them coming into this was, you know, they were the 114th strength of schedule in the country. You know, this was their first road game ACC, and the other road game was UConn. So this was a big test for them as well. And do you know how these guys ready to go? However, it was just it, it felt like the margin for error is probably a little bit higher for Clemson. Um, but give Syracuse credit; they they definitely gave a good game. At the same time, though, I think I think it also be misleading. I, I know there's a big talk about like the penalties and stuff. I mean, I've gone back and forth on, on, you know, the the two, the big plays everyone's talking about. Like, oh, like if, you know, they don't call, uh you know, not roughing the passer, like late hit out of bounds, you know, for when Cabe Clubnick came in and then they didn't call it for Schrader. like Those are game changing. I mean, those are big plays, right? But I mean, what about the pass interference with Randall down the sideline where he's getting like, you know. I've just seen that. I've seen that a lot for Clemson defenders playing tight coverage and that gets called. And so that's one of those things in a game. Like you just want consistency. And I think hindsight w- when it comes to, when it comes to the late hit out of bounds, there were some technical differences to me that I saw to where you could be like, okay, club note was technically out of bounds you can call that by the rules and, and then when it comes to like Trotter and you know, the late hit supposedly on Schrader, I, I I think he was still engaging him outside and it's hard to stop your momentum. However, should both of those, honestly, you could probably let both of those have gone um, either way. You know, I think it's one of those things like either you call both or you call neither just because, They're very similar plays, but I also think it's also misleading just to post, like, you know, you see posts of them juxtaposing the two plays and trying to show the difference. And I just think there's a lot of plays in that. I mean, what about the pass interference call? And then also like there was holding, you know, on Trenton Simpson in that play against Schrader. So it's like, if you call that, you got to call that, you know, Um, if you call the late hit. And then honestly, Clemson hasn't had holding calls for like a month. I mean, you have one of the best defensive lines in the country. And so because Clemson fights through it and because they, you know, don't just give up on the play and try to flail to get a call, they're not getting those calls. And how do you stop a top defense? You hold. And it's not complaining with the refs. I mean, it's more of just like as an offensive lineman, like you're taught like you're taught to hold underneath the the pads. Like you're not like a hold, like a straight Um, holding like getting a penalty but just saying how you block when using your hands you keep them inside and so that's where it's like you can you can really technically say you can go holding on almost every play because offensive players are kind of taught to hold in a sense just because of of the way you have to block and so when it gets the outside like on the shoulder pad that's when they really start to call it and so they haven't really called that much so uh, and you start to see some of the pressure that the offensive line, uh, that the defensive line started to create and they started to see some holds. But I mean, there are a couple of times where guys are getting tackled and you're like, what are, what are they supposed to do to get a call? Like you're not trying to go for a call, but at the same time, like that negates, you know, an advantage that Clemson's had. And that's just a way to stop it. And so I think it's one of those things like, you don't want penalties to become like a big storyline in the game because it can take away from the game. But in just addressing that, because I know that's been a, a thing, that's what I would say. I think you either call it for both or call it for neither. I saw the technicalities in both. I understood why both. But at the same time, any notion that the refs just gave this game to Clemson is just no. It's just not. I don't buy it at all. Because I think there's plenty of calls that Syracuse could have. Syracuse guy stepped on DJ's hand, you know, and that's why I got, I got the penalty, he said, because he threw him off there. I mean, what do you do with that play if they didn't see that? Guy tried to yank K-Klubnik's helmet off from his chin strap. He got a penalty, but like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's just, it, you don't want it, to, it's very easy just to pick a play out of context and then be like, this changed the game. I think Syracuse not scoring in the second half also changed the game. So I think, you know, he had a 21-10 lead he gave up 17 unanswered points. I mean, it it is what it is. And, but at the same time, saying all that, like, Syracuse is a good team. And I feel like because they're in the ACC and because they're not, like, this big, like, you know, big brand, even though they have, like, a a traditional football team, they don't have this, like, big brand, like, big-time stadium and and being in the the Atlantic Conference – they're getting disrespected. I mean, they are number 14 in the country. The agency Atlantic had, has four ranked teams, four of whom in all four of them have been ranked in the top 15 at some point in the season. I mean, I just seen some national voices being really frustrated with that because it's like other teams are getting benefit of the doubt. Alabama got 52 points to Tennessee, but it just shows how good Tennessee is. You know, it, yeah, it'd be really easy to beat with Michigan beat. Yeah. The, like comparing the quarterbacks. Yeah. You get to like, just test out your quarterbacks when you're playing Hawaii, who gave up 60 something points to Vanderbilt, no disrespect to Vanderbilt, but to Vanderbilt and Colorado state. Like, yeah. And an Iowa team that can't score on anybody, you know, it It just it, this notion. And then Ohio state hasn't super played anybody yet. Like, Ohio State and Michigan's 80th this week and Ohio State's 81st in terms of schedule. I think Georgia, I was hearing, you know, is 84th. Like, what are we doing here? Clemson's like number 53 in the country. They've beat, Their only team have beaten three top 15 teams. Like just this notion that Clemson needs to prove itself more. I mean, yes, are there things that like we like to see a complete game, but there's been no dominant team this year. There's been no team. That has separated itself from the pack. I think, if anything, we're finding some more interesting things of, like, what do you do with an Oregon team who just scored 45 on UCLA and only has one loss, and it looks a lot better than when, you know, early in the season with Georgia. I mean, I just this notion, I think it's just like, just to, to say that Clemson's, like, taking up a spot, or, like... Um, already talking about how a one-loss SEC team, like, trying to get three of those teams in, or it just... Into the playoffs it's like, let's just re- enjoy the regular season and let the cards fall where they may when it's time. I know it's not the world we live in, especially when it comes to a lot of, like, storylines and trying to have stuff to talk about, honestly, each week in between games, too. But also, this notion of, like, an undefeated Power 5 champion should and will get into the playoff period one loss conference champion is probably getting in the playoff now going from there then let's let's have some conversations but there's four teams like there's a power five like the reason the pac 12 has also hasn't gotten in because they've had two lost champions or like the big 12 that's what happened to them too there's just a lot of assumptions being made and like we'll see also seeing stuff from like just some people that you know I do value their opinion and stuff but I don't understand this notion of that like why is Penn State better than NC State if we put NC State with a healthy Leary, like just you know putting cards on the table like neutral field site, who are you taking I'm taking NC State they have better defense also like are we sure that Penn State can move the ball up and down on NC State? Like, I'm not. They have great corners. They can run the ball. Sean Clifford's like a good quarterback, but he doesn't like, as a defense, he wouldn't like, um, like, I don't feel like threatened with it. It's just more of like, you have to like, be aware of him. I, I think you focus a little bit more on the running game and just with that balance. But if anything, I, I, their defense is really strong. But at the same time, they just gave up 41 or something to Michigan. Who's Michigan played? Michigan just can just run the ball and then they do... Uh, play action and stuff I just like and and they're a good team too I, I it's more of just this notion of like every team has things you can poke at so this notion that Clemson's just something different is is kind of ridiculous personally um and I think it's just being because they've been a national power in the ACC versus another conference you know Six straight playoffs are the only team to win another national title other than Alabama. So let's calm down a little bit. They had one off year last year and their off year was ten wins. I would like that off year if I was a coach. I bet you a lot of coaches would like that as an off year. Bet you Jimbo Fisher would like that right now. It's the whole notion just gets kind of crazy. And people are trying to fit in to things and fit into how, you know. If we already have, if we already have a preconceived notion of how we feel about a team or how we think about something, then we can make things look and make stats look and make into the narratives that we desire. And I think that's just the 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 world we can kind of live in right now. And so that's why we have to be careful with with where we're getting stuff because um just there's a lot of voices right now and there's a lot of ways to look at this stuff. But at the same time, like so much as the of college football is that the regular season is so many of these things get to be played out in the season you know georgia and tennessee are going to play a top three game more than likely next weekend lsu and alabama are going to play again you know say lsu wins like what does that look like i mean alabama's probably done you know i i, I just think like there's just so many things that are going to get played out to where like there's just all these assumptions that get played so I'll get back to the game. I just really want to address that because it just seems like there was just a big, there's just a big notion of like, you know, you know, if people have only watched say the Georgia Tech game and then like Wake Forest and then the Syracuse game, then, you know, you're missing some of the other pieces of it. Or just look have looked at box scores. Clemson at the game with with Florida State. They just didn't finish. They had backups in and just took the pedal off the gas. Like they didn't you know, go for the last quarter, or last, you know, quarter, honestly, and give Florida State credit. They were really finishing toward the end. I mean, so they're working on stuff in the bye week. It, it's just, and Wake Forest is a super good team. I mean, if, if, you know, that's the whole thing with Tennessee and Alabama. Like, they go to 52-49, and it's like, oh, wow, what a great game. Like, Tennessee is just like, they're back. Like, they're here. Let's do it. Wake Forest is a smaller school. doesn't have the, like they don't have the number of people in there. They go to overtime with Clemson. uh, Lest we forget, they won the Atlantic last year. Like, if there's somebody different, if it was Miami, like it'd be like, oh wow, like look at that. I think that's the ACC's kind of thing is that the powers that you would think traditionally would be there for them haven't been as much, you know, Florida State's getting back, but they're, They've been a little bit down. Miami's been down. Virginia Tech, you know, was there a little bit, and they're trying to rebuild. You just have, a, you don't have all those like the big games to compete with the Clemson. And I think people assume that like Clemson's got this super easy schedule now and just can like write their name into the playoff. I mean, and here's the thing too: like if Clemson doesn't go undefeated, like they might not make it the playoffs because if this if it doesn't match up with everybody else. And that's just part of the thing. But if they, uh, anyway, if they're undefeated, it, it's, it's a mute point. And I think that's the thing: is Clemson has proved itself to be one of the top teams in the country because they're very close with everybody else. There's no one dominant team, like I said, compared to other years. Like Georgia was the dominant team last year, and we were all trying to see like who who could compete with them. And they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship, but then they won. And won like and they and they won them and made their statement and they're national champs and that's why we play on the field and that's why the regular season is so beautiful because like it sets it up to where things kind of work themselves out as they need to be you know um, so I'll, I'll get back to the game I just it's just been a lot of things I've been wanting to say and and honestly there's so, so much more you could talk about but at the end of the day it, it, you kind of move on and, and people have like some notions I already have about Clemson and you know. It just kind of is what it is to an extent. And, and that's why Clemson like, and, and people then also wonder why, like, like how can dabble play the, you know, where the under, you know, the underdog card or the Roy bust or the rest of y'all, it, it's stuff like this, honestly. I mean, little Clemson, I mean, Clemson, it was not a traditional power and he've won two championships since 2016 won, what was it, six straight conference championships, six straight playoffs. Like, that's hard to do, 11 straight 10-win seasons, hard to do, you know, and I don't care who you are, it doesn't matter, like, that's hard to be that consistent. So, with this game, I was just... You know, Tigers won 27-21, came out in the second half. I think Syracuse had a good game plan going into this. You know, Tigers were, like, basically saying, like, Sean Tucker's not beating us, the running back. He only ran the ball five times, which I thought was very interesting. But it it, it sounds like like Syracuse has a lot of, like, reads, like where the quarterback Schrader reads the ball, and and they hand it off based on that. And so Clemson was taking away Tucker. So Schrader was punishing them for 71 yards on a touchdown like that guy can play like he can run, he can play. And I, I was impressed with him. I think like that's who Syracuse is. And I think Clemson didn't do as good of a job of containing him because everyone was so focused on Tucker. That's why they got some big chunk plays in the first half. And I think that's also where you see, see like a guy like a Barrett Carter being out. You know, we found out Saturday morning because of the concussion that, I think kind of hurt because he would be the guy to kind of I would think a lot of times be in the middle and especially with like Schrader and helping guys get in position and with all those kinds of things but a bit you know they supposed to shut out in the second half. I think the offense started to press a little bit um, DJ just seemed he was just off like we said with with turnovers and wide receivers have been a little bit just inconsistent uh, like what I've seen from Davis Allen Antonio Williams. But you gotta also go with the defense has given you. And I think that's why you saw a lot of just running the ball second half. I mean, Will Shipley, twenty-seven carries, hundred seventy-two yards, two touchdowns. Phil Maffa, eighteen carries, nine to four yards, touchdown. Like Will Shipley's gonna get the accolades and um or just like a lot of the notoriety from this week. But Phil Maffa, I was super impressed with this week. Obviously Shipley too. Like give him a lot of credit. But I just Phil Maffa's one of the guys just working hard, got all the reps in spring. He was just finishing runs. He just got some tough runs. Extending drives. I just like the way he's finishing. It just have some tough runs. You know, gets stopped. It's like, you know, third and four or something. He gets stopped with two yards to go. Keeps legs turning. Falls forward. First down. Like, those are the kinds of plays that maybe don't show up like as big time numbers in the stat sheet. But when you watch the game, those are the kind of plays that are super encouraging. Also, shout out to... Um, McFadden offensive tackle I saw him out in space making some great blocks I think offensive line you know has gotten criticized in the past or scrutinized and I thought they played well and there was a lot of time for TJ you know it was an undersized front they play a 3-3-5 so there's a lot of blitzes a lot of different looks like later looks you know for him to read and they gave him a lot of time and I thought they played well and they were really dominating. They were giving the running backs opportunities to make plays. And that's what you can ask for offensive line. I thought on the outside, Collins, I thought um, EJ Williams, I saw some great blocking from the wide receivers. They got criticized for that last year, that they weren't finishing blocks or weren't. Cause that's how you get those outside runs. And that's how you get runs from three to five and five to 10 and those kinds of things. That's how you get the Shipley 50 yard touchdown run. He beats it to the outside, gets a block from wide receiver, and then he's gone. Those are the kinds of plays that really show up, and especially when you're not getting as much of the yards from the wide receivers as you might want, even just as a wide receiver. That's still affecting the game and still makes it just encouraging things to watch. So really like that. I've just noticed, too, um, just another thing just with Bo Collins. I think people have been bracketing him more the past few weeks, and just because they, they, you know, with the relationship that he and, the DJ and Bo have, you know, they're basically trying to make somebody else beat him, and so, that's the thing you want, somebody to continue to step up, like Ngata or Antonio Williams, or those kinds of players. Um, you want to see them step up more in the in the passing game, but I think we'll kind of see a little bit more of interesting to see how they kind of roll this out in the bye week. K. Klubnick came in, um, I think he kind of had to Um, at that point, you don't know if the hand was bothering him or just, DJ just didn't look confident in the looks he was getting. Like he was just a little bit late, like on the first interception, just looked a little bit late. Um, and the safety made a good play and he was in that position. Second interception, he's trying to fit the ball over the middle to burning stool. Uh, But at the same time, I think he was making his reads, but I think sometimes DJ in a game like that, where, where. They're down. DJ's trying to make the big, big play to like get it, get it back and make a big splash play. When you don't want to be like safe, like you want to hit it if it's there. But there are a couple times where I saw like Shipley or you know, someone like that, just out in the flat, get him, get positive yards, keep going, you know? Um, like you don't always have to make that big splash 20 yard something play. Sometimes you just have to take the seven, eight yard gain or six yard gain keep the ball mulling and I think the second one it seemed like he was just seemed like he was pressing and he's just really trying to like to play well I thought Cade I thought he played um I think he played well I think the biggest thing is he wasn't turning the ball over and just gave a different spark to the offense and it was just like it was just a quicker feel of the game a different look and definitely just relying more on relying more on the running game and then giving him you know Giving them some opportunities where they had to respect the passing game, I think, and, and he made a great play. I think to Bo Collins or somebody in the in the end zone for the two point conversion he was going to buy time. I, he led them on on some different scoring drives. However, I it's hard for me also to think that like I, this is DJ's team. The way that everyone subscribed it the way that Dabo like right away was like this is dj's team this is like i just have to think that he gives them the best opportunity to win and you know we're not in practice like i'm not seeing what i'm seeing in practice and you know how many different calls that they can give to Cade and something like that i also think like the thing with DJ is, I've just noticed with him, is like if the, if the Tigers start well on offense, he's going to be good. I think what makes it a little bit harder is in the first couple drives, if there's a turnover or you know, you're know you already down 14, that's when you start to see some of the pressing. And so that's some of the things I would, I would hope to see going forward is that you don't want to be down like that. But I think that's just, I've just noticed, if we start well, if Clemson starts well in the sense of like scoring or just you're moving the ball and you don't turn the ball over, DJ seems to be doing a lot better this year. But if you don't have that as much, then you start to be like, okay, like what's this game going to look like? Is it going to be one of those closer games? This is D-Day's team. I, I, there's not really a controversy to me. I think I think just like with a starter, I've heard it described this way, but like when a starting pitcher just sometimes like you get to, you get hit up for a couple home runs and you need a different guy, just come in and give him a different look. And I think that's what you have, but you're still going to come to him like that fifth day next time out. So he's me a starter rest of the season. And I, the plan is, I think, I think Kate will be the starter next year, but this is TJ's team. And, um, he's just, he's continuing to get the best opportunity to win. I know not everyone feels that way, but that's, that's what I've got. And I think until we see him proven otherwise, like that's, that's where we're at. I mean, again, this was like his big turnover game. Like, I think he only still only has like four interceptions now. And if Clemson doesn't fumble the ball and and have a cut, like, you know, we're looking even like maybe at a a bigger, different kind of a game. Like the spread in this game was like 14 points, like 13 and a half, 14 points. I think we're looking at that, maybe even 21 or something like that, if if that doesn't happen. But then there's a lot of what ifs in in football. And so, you know, you can play that game in a lot of ways. It's just the way the game was kind of feeling, like Clemson was moving the ball, they just couldn't get out of their own way. So there you have it y'all That's my That's my thoughts on the game So definitely let you know what you think And um, you can respond to this And just let me know know, So now we have the open date Obviously a well earned break I mean this team's the only team I think that's like only 8 no team in the country That's a lot you know And a big gauntlet of games Like I think people even forget Like the gauntlet of games that, that Clemson's gone through I mean we've got you know, 21 Wake Forest, double overtime on the road. Hosting number 10 NC State at home. Going on the road to BC, which that's not easy. Like, and, you know, your circle does that game. So that could have been a, you know, an upset alert. Then you go on the road to Florida State, who they're getting better. That's not an easy place to, to play. You host number 14 Syracuse at home. Like, that's a big one. So, and now you get a road game, and then, oh, yeah, you get Notre Dame on the road. You know, which that's not an easy place to play. I don't care how, like... I, a good of a team they are or not um, Clemson's currently an eight and a half point Favor but we're still like you know we're gonna have to Go for that game And which ironic is Syracuse actually plays Notre Dame <laughs> next week so they get You know both teams So eight no well-deserved Rest get some get some guys back from injury Especially on the defensive uh, side it'd be nice To see everyone like coming together in that Just having the same team um, Hopefully we can get some of those injuries back and get some more of that confidence back as we get to the final stretch. You know, you've got Notre Dame. And then you finish out at home with Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina, who's now ranked. It'll be interesting to see if they'll be ranked. But what's also cool, too, is, is the Atlantic is really in your destiny. Like, you win with Louisville, you win the Atlantic, and you're going to the ACC championship game. So that'll be super big to go back to. And then you got Miami at home, obviously, and trying to close out senior night. which I'm pretty sure that's what they are. Uh, And then you got South Carolina and the rivalry game. So big finish to the year. Uh, Super excited for it. I mean, it's crazy. We're already almost in November. Um, Love it. It's flying through. So that's the episode. Um, Be on the lookout. We're doing some Clemson basketball preview with a special guest to be named soon. So excited for that conversation because – basketball starts, you know, on the 7th of November. That's super coming up. I'm excited for that. it be a very interesting team to watch. So stay tuned for that and look out for that episode. So thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe to the video. Oh, so there you go. Thanks for listening, guys. Go Tigers. And for now, we're signing off.